Can you edit this after, by the way? <laughs> yeah, of course. I can edit anything you want me to edit. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. They won't know nothing. <laughs> they won't know what you don't want them to know. <laughs> people watching (laughs) (laughs) okay cool you ready ready cool hi guys welcome to the one podcast it's with your host Aki hope you all well and today I have a guest with me and she's one of the most beautiful beautifulest girls I've ever seen in my life (laughs) honestly the first time I saw her I was like wow she's so pretty (laughs) and her name is Nazia hi Nazia woo (laughs) (laughs) how are you I'm great how are you I'm good thank you so tell them Nazia how do we know each other so I used to work for Chanel as a regional makeup artist And one day I walked into Boots (laughs) and there was this lovely girl that kept walking past my counter who I noticed. (laughs) I was like, oh, she's pretty. Um, And then she was kind enough to come over to me and talk to me because she knew I was the new one. Uh, So then I met you. And we just got talking. (laughs) Yeah, literally. We we met at work and yeah I literally I was like no you know what I'm gonna go up to her and speak to her because she's too pretty and I literally just went up to her and I was like I love your makeup <laughs> I was just like she's so pretty man I gotta ask her <laughs> like what is she do- like what is she using on her face tell me <laughs> stop I-, I wasn't prepared for all of this <laughs> and also also Congratulations, Nazia is married. Woo! Thank you, thank you. Two months now. God, that feels like it's gone so quick. It has, but you know what? I feel like I've been married like a lifetime. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. No, no, no. That's good because it doesn't feel. I guess it doesn't feel any different than what it already feels like, right? Yeah, nah. It's pretty much picked up from where it left off. Yeah. Because obviously, like, you were going to get married early before, but obviously with corona, yeah. you couldn't. So how was that? Like, tell me about it. Talk to me. <laughs> so I had a nagar, so just an Islamic function, literally in my back garden. And at the time, we weren't really allowed many people there. Um, so it was literally just my immediate family and my husband's immediate family. But I remember I was stressing so much because we had literally bought like a little marquee from Amazon and we were like, right, we're just going to like serve it with a few tables out and a few chairs and just do a really sort of chill thing. And then literally the day before the Nagar, um, my dad comes up to my room and I'm literally like waking up from sleep and he's like, Nazia, I've seen the weather forecast and it's going to rain tomorrow. And we were like, oh my God, that marquee is not going to hold in the rain. What do we do? And we literally had to last minute call like a few guys up and then we managed to find something Mm. and yeah and then we got a marquee on the day luckily we literally did like all the decor ourselves I made the backdrop myself I ordered like flowers from Amazon and a trellis and just sat up all night just making it so it was pretty stressful but it was a good function it was it's definitely one to remember I mean, I guess that's in a way, like, well, I don't know about you, but for me, like, that's a dream wedding. Like, no aunties and uncles and <laughs> random people are going to be there judging you for no reason. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, for me, that would be like an ideal wedding because I wouldn't want, like, I don't want anyone there. I even told my friends, I was like, I might invite you. I might not invite you. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
you know what? That's one thing I missed out on was the friends. More than yeah. some family, I would have said friends. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, I think that's what it is. It's the friends because obviously, like yeah. for me, where I have like um like friendship groups, quite a few friendship groups. Like yeah. I need, I would need them with me because I feel most comfortable around them. Yeah. I feel like sometimes I can rely on them more than my own family members but I feel like that's natural in all relationship with friendships as well like yeah. sometimes you heavily rely on your your girls yeah. more than you do with your family members because you know your friends will pull through when as of when you need them to yeah yeah and yeah. I think they're the ones that kind of see all the stress you go through when it comes to prepping for marriage and you know when you're in that relationship with that person they kind of see you go through it all so yeah them being there on that big day to celebrate everything you've gone through is like it's a big part of it yeah so definitely. yeah but that that is something I definitely missed and it's something I feel like you know I thought I would celebrate after my wedding but then it's been so hard I've been so busy like I hardly get to speak to them even so it yeah. is hard at the moment but they know it's all love and they understand which is the best thing because I'll try to drop them a text and be like I'm so sorry I'm not able to text all the time but they do get it which is nice yeah, I mean, like, it's it's not easy as well, because once you're married, you're, you're literally in a new world and a new life as well. Like, it's not how it used to be, because you're, you know, you're not, you're not the same person that you are. Well, you are the same person that you are, but you've got more responsibilities, if that makes yeah. sense. Your priorities change naturally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as much as I want to say, like, I could be sitting here right now saying to you, like, when I get married, I'm not cooking, I'm not cleaning, I'm not doing nothing. But when I get married, <laughs> it might be a whole different story. Do you know what I mean? Like, literally, I could get married and the guy's going to be like, uh, yeah, so today we're going to do X, Y, and I'll be like, oh, God. Like, I don't know what yeah. to do. But that's what I'm trying to say to you. It's always going to be difficult. You're never going to know. Because getting married, yeah. like, it's going to be like a whole unknown type of thing, isn't it? Yeah. It, it definitely is. Like, it's unknown territory for any girl, to be honest. And it doesn't matter even if you, you know, talk to your partner and you're like, right, tell me from morning to night what my routine is going to be like. You never really know until you actually put yeah. yourself into it. It's completely different. And to be honest, I was like that. I thought, you know, when I get married, it's just going to be like a little family and, you know, I'll do a little bit in the house just to make it feel like it's my home and that's about it but to be honest with you it's so different like I've gotten married into quite a big family my husband's family is massive like his cousins are literally like his brothers and sisters so it's like I've got loads of them around me which is obviously it's such a different thing to what I imagined but at the same time I feel like I never get bored because <laughs> I just yeah. always no, have no, no, someone to talk to yeah, it's completely different than what I imagined it to be. But like you said, it's a lot of responsibility. It's managing, like, you know, work, managing housework, managing my husband, myself, my health, uh, going to the gym, things like that. Like, it's tough, but you've really got to make time for it. And, um, yeah, it, it is tough. <laughs> yeah. So how does it feel that, obviously, you're married now and, you know, tell us about it. Like, how did it... How did it lead up to you guys, like, you know, getting married and, like, tell us, like, about it so, like, you know, other people might be able to relate? Like, how does it feel, like, now you're married? Do you feel like you can see a difference with your partner? Like, obviously, when you guys are talking first, it's different because yeah. you're not living together, right? So now you're yeah. living with him. How? How is it? Oh, <laughs> Do you want to kill him? Or is it, what is it like? Um. To be honest with you, uh, I think, okay, so there's pro pros and cons to everything. 
And I think that before I got married, um, if there was ever a disagreement between me and my partner, we kind of liked to leave each other to it and kind of, you know, cool down a little bit and then come back and talk about it with a bit of sense and logic. Um, Obviously, when you're living under the same roof, it's a little bit different. But to be honest, me and my husband, if we have problems, we try not to discuss it in the day. And what we do is we wait until, um, you know, we're in bed at night and then we kind of talk about it. So it's a little bit easier because we're both kind of calm and it's like we're relaxed in that environment. Sometimes, obviously, if there are things that are bothering us in the day, we kind of go for a walk. So obviously, at the moment, he's working from home. Mm-hmm. I'm working from home. Uh, but I try not to always work next to him because the, the room that he does work in, we've got sort of other brothers and like my sister and all, they work in that room as well. So I try not to work there because I feel like I distract him and he distracts me. So I feel like we need that space apart a little bit. Otherwise, you do get on top of each other. Mm. But when we do need that time away from everyone, we've got like literally we're blessed to have like a park just around the corner. So we'll get up and we'll just put our shoes on and just go to the park and we'll just have a chat. Even if it's for five minutes, we just get it off our chest and then we'll Mm. kind of come back inside. Uh, When it came to us getting married, um, it's weird because in his family, this is the first love marriage. So everyone else in his family have had arranged marriages previous to ours. Oh, wow, um, really? Yeah, so he pressure. kind of <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> pressure. <laughs> it was a lot of pressure on him, but to be honest with you, I think he's someone that kind of, like, my husband's a really, really chill guy. Sometimes too chill, but he is so chill in terms of, like, he says, let me do it, and if it if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, then what can you do? He kind of just goes with it because he's like, you know, we'll deal with the consequences when it comes to it. So when it came to him telling his family about me, he literally just went up to his parents and he's like, oh, I really like this girl. And then they were like, okay, you know, how is she? Where is she from? Does she know about our family and stuff? And as soon as he did that, I told my parents about him and my parents wanted to meet him. So it was literally just me, my mum, dad and him. And I tell you what, he was sweating so bad (laughs) on that meeting. And it's weird because my parents didn't even grill him. And I was shocked because I was like, expecting them to grill him and you know question him what do you do like you know all the proper Asian questions that yeah. Are. yeah yeah um, it was but it was so unexpected because we literally sat there and they were like oh so like how many brothers do you have how many sisters it was proper chill conversation what do you like doing you know have you traveled how is it so it was really good because <laughs> basically he had arranged with me that we wanted to go for shisha after that dinner and yeah. So what happened was, as we were leaving, he was like, oh, uh, uncle, is it okay if I take Nazi for shisha? And my dad was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Just don't be out too late. So he took me. And then we were in the car. He's like, oh, my God, did they like me? Did they like me? I was like, Fessel, if my parents didn't like you, they would have said, no, she's coming home with us right now. She's not going for shisha with you. So from there, I knew that like my parents really liked him and stuff. So it was quite easy, to be honest. The whole sort of journey of getting engaged and getting married has been really, really easy. I think we struggled the most when it came to us moving in together because it's such a big change. And, you know, he lives in a joint family. So I'm living with like his brother and his wife and also his parents. So yeah. it's it's quite a big change for me. But then to be honest with you, we have such a tight family unit that it's like, I treat them almost like my friends, like even my mother-in-law, she's like my friend, so I can talk to her about makeup, and she's actually a makeup artist as well, 
so it's wow. nice because we help each other out a lot like you know she kind of is in with the whole sort of Pakistani Asian sort of crowd in terms of like doing makeup for clothing lines and things like that so it's good because she puts the word good word out there to people about my business and stuff so that's good because then people take interest as well and then I'll help her more on like the Instagram side of things or the editing pictures and things like that so the technical kind of stuff I'll help Mm. her out with that so we do help each other out which is really nice and then I get along with his brother really well and I'm my sister-in-law so it's nice because the family that I've come into they're a really really like understanding family and And I think that's important though because obviously like you don't want to be in a family where no one's talking and no one's like into like that just makes it awkward you know what I mean like if I was to if I was to like settle down and get married and stuff like that then I would definitely would love that same relationship like I would love to be able to you know chill with my in-laws and be like you know have a good time and you know do stuff like you know it doesn't I'm not saying like you know I have to be like an integral part I just Mm feel like it's nice to be just a part of it and just be like you know you know like that type of thing where like they will cross my thought process and I would naturally be like oh no why don't we all do something do you know what I mean like I think it it depends on the person as well and depends on the family as well because especially with Asian culture and Asian people they are really much like no we don't do these type of things no we don't do that do you know what I mean it naturally gets to that kind of mode where people are just naturally like no we don't do these type of things but for me I think that that's it's really healthy actually to do stuff like this because it makes you feel like you're part of the family and I don't ever want to get married to someone and feel like I'm not part of that family because then I will be like so your family clearly don't like me and I'm married (laughs) to you so where do we go with this and like you know it's one of those things because I'm pretty sure before you even introduced your husband to your family in your mind you already probably had it like there where you're just like if my family don't like you then I can't do nothing type of thing do you know what I mean like for me that's how it is like yeah. my family means so much to me although it's my family is very small and I'm a very yeah. close-knit family it's very important for my other half to get along with my family yeah. especially my my mum my and dad so yeah. and also like my mum and dad are not together so you know it's just me and my mum and yeah. you know like my aunts and uncles like my mum's side there so for me, it's important that they get along with that part and then also separately with my dad and their, his yeah. side of the family. So yeah. it's important for that because the, it's double pressure, obviously, because obviously yeah. it's it's two different separate families. But for me, like, you know, I know for a fact that once, if I turn around and I say to a guy that, oh, by the way, I would like you to meet like my cousin and my brother-in-law because I'm so close to my cousin. Like she's yeah. literally yeah. a sister to me and I love her. And I trust her so much. And she knows me more better than anyone. Like, she's known me since I was, like, born. Like, you know, napkins and all sorts. So she knows me well enough. And I trust my brother-in-law to know when he tells me something's not right. Yeah. Because my brother-in-law, like, I never thought this, but I'm so happy that I actually found a brother-in-law that's, like, the brother that I always wanted like literally yeah. he's that and he knows that like I can just message my brother-in-law up and be like do you want to go and watch a movie or you know like anything like that you know like yeah. 
just do something chill and he's down for everything and anything he's like yeah let's do it let's do it you know so I yeah. hope like you know obviously I can only speak for myself but I'm pretty sure in his eyes he's like a, like another younger yeah. sister so yeah. if I say to a guy I would like you to meet my cousin and my brother-in-law just know that's it <laughs> you know, like, that's it once I, I yeah you, if you don't get along with them two then I don't know for you for the family because they're, they're like the main if you don't, if you can't impress them then yeah I don't know for you literally because that's that's really important for me you know what I mean yeah. and my cousin's always known that as I've been growing up like she's like yeah. you will introduce me to this person before you introduce him <laughs> to the mum okay because if you, that literally my brother-in-law has turned around and said to me already he's like I am not gonna talk your sister's gonna do the talking because she's literally she's like, I, because my my brother-in-law told me that when my cousin and him were um getting to know one another my cousin just straight out flat said do you want to get married like literally she just she didn't even wait she was just like I think this was like no the, like yeah like first or second like meet up and they were just like oh do you want to get married and he was literally sweating. <laughs> he was literally sweating. And my cousin was like, there's some tissues on the table. Do you need them to wipe that sweat off? Because I can see, like, literally you're sweating. So, yeah. That story is so similar of the sweating with the tissue. Yeah, yeah, literally. Like, my cousin was just like, I'm, I'm not here to mess around. I want to get married. I want to have my family. And, you know, oh, like, Alhamdulillah, nice. every, yeah, Alhamdulillah, everything worked out for them. You know, like, now they've got a beautiful baby, boy. Oh. You know, like, it's all, it's all, it works out. And I genuinely feel like if you go into something with the right intentions yeah. and you want something mm. to work out, then it will work out. Like, because you're not going in there for any other reason. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those type of things. But uh, for me, like, you know, obviously you're married and you, you might have a different point of view. But for me, like... The whole marriage aspect, it scares me. Like, I, did, it, it, did it scare you? Of course it did. I think, I think it's scary for both a, a woman and a man. Um, I think it's extremely scary just thinking about... Actually, to be honest with you, I don't think you even think or can imagine what life will be like after you're married and how much it does change. And I'm speaking from experience because I'm so newly married. I can tell you now that, like, Half the things that I've had to change in my life, I never, ever thought I would have to change for someone. But now all of a sudden I've had to. But just going back to what you said earlier about the family and, you know, having something to do with them. One bit of advice I would give to everyone is that go into a family, not just because it's your husband's family, but build a relationship with them that is your own relationship with them. Because... As long as you go in and you're like, oh, I just love you because, you know, through my husband, then it's harder for you. And then you do start feeling like, oh, my God, does he like me? Does she like me? Am I fitting in? How's it going for me? But when you start building your own relationships with people so that, you know, even if your husband's not talking to you or he's upset with you, you're upset with him, you still feel like you've got genuine relationships with everyone where you can still carry on and not feel like you're alone. Because I think it's hard, like when a girl gets married and she goes into a house when she falls out with her husband all of a sudden you feel like you've got no one and you feel like you know I don't have my family here this is your family but the truth is like you have to start learning to make that your family now because 
trust me, it's it's a massive change. And like, you know, I'm not going to lie. Obviously, I've had my odd tiffs here and there with my husband. But I know that I have people in this house that I can talk to and still feel like I've still got my brother. Or I've still got my sister. Or I've still got my mum. Do you know what I mean? So I, okay. I still feel like that, even though, you know, my husband might be busy. Like, you know, my husband's gone to work today, for example. It's my first day without him at home. And every single day he's here. So like, you know, when I when I do whatever I need to do, I go and pop in and I say hi to him or we'll go for a walk or we'll go to Tesco's and go and buy a drink or something. But today's my first day without him. But I know that like as soon as I go downstairs, I've got my family there and I've got people yeah. I can talk to. Um, yeah. So that's that's quite a interesting thing for people uh, in terms of, you know, building your relationships with them. Yeah. And I think also it. It's always harder for the girls more than the guys because for me, like, I feel like maybe you will be able to put it into perspective, but I'm saying it from obviously someone that's not married now and you just recently got married. So it's the best time ever to like grill someone (laughs) literally for me because like you're just you're just fresh out of it. So like, you know, it's just like (laughs) we can just ask all the questions in the world. But for me, how I see it is that as a woman, we give up so much more than what men think we do. Mm. We give up a lot. And also, I don't want to say bounded, because that sounds like really submissive. But I would like to say that we naturally, as a woman's prerogative and a natural woman's state of mind, Mm. when we get married, we naturally think, I need to make this work. And I need to do anything and everything I can possibly do to make it easy and mm. you know like make it work type of thing if you do you get what I'm trying to say like yeah. you for me I know for a fact that if I get married one thing I'm scared about and I don't know about you but you can tell me if you think differently I feel like once I'm married I somehow automatically think my life is just gone <laughs> like not 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 in the sense where I'm like gone but I just feel <laughs> like everything that I want to do or some whatever I want to do is going to have to take a back seat. Like okay. certain, certain certain things, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so just say, for example, I want to go and do my master's or I want to go and do X, Y, and Z before I decide to do this, this, this. Like, I don't know why I'm wired like that, but I just feel like, will I have to give up stuff like that? And I think because of that fear of me knowing that I'm going to have to put certain things on a back seat, that scares yeah. me for from even going to that marriage position. And that's yeah. why I scare myself. And when I scare myself, I'll probably scare off the other person because they're just like, <laughs> I don't have an answer for this because the truth is they will never have an answer for it because they don't know either. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because probably for them as well, probably for men as well, they're probably thinking about the same thing. Like, I yeah. don't know. I, I, I don't know. Probably... I might need to invite a man one time and say to him like what do you think because literally they must be thinking the same then because if they're if I'm thinking that I'm gonna have to take a back seat on a lot of things then for a man it might be the same because they're probably thinking well I'm gonna have to do some back seats and things I don't want to do x y z but I'm gonna have to do it for us it's not for it's not for me it's for us what was convenient for us but it scares me the whole I can't lie, marriage scares me. <laughs> That's the honest truth. I'm scared even thinking about it. Like, I'll tell you what, yeah, even after you're married, you will still be scared. And that's something I can tell you from experience. Even after being married, 
you don't know what your future holds with someone and there's so much difficulty in marriage so that's why sometimes when I see like couples fighting about certain things I think to myself you guys even aren't even married yet like it gets harder when you're married so dealing with an argument when you're dating you feel like I can take space from this person but when you're married to them it's harder and I feel like it's more of a struggle then like then you've got to try even harder to keep your marriage going but when it comes to a girl feeling like she has to kind of sacrifice everything I felt in the first I'd say my first week of being here I felt like it was a bit of a honeymoon period after the first week I kind of settled into work and other things so I felt like I had a bit more of a reality of life but when that week came I realized that oh I've sacrificed everything I've given up my lifestyle I've given up my parents I've given up my you know me going out with my friends and I felt like that but then the more time has passed the more I've realized like I'm not the only one that had to give up so much and I realized that my partner's also given up a lot of things and he struggled and he tries to stay strong for me because you know obviously the situation is really difficult for me and Basil because we got married during Covid and mm restaurants opened up literally just maybe like the same week we got married so Mm -hmm. things were only just starting to open up but even then like it was hard for us to just go out and do things as a couple so you know obviously when you get married you go on your honeymoon I still haven't been on a honeymoon so my honeymoon period felt like it ended before it even started so (laughs) yeah so like imagine I was like oh "Oh, I can't go out with my husband I can't go on on a holiday I can't do this so obviously I felt all of that But then I had to really step back out of how I was feeling and understand that, like, my partner's feeling exactly the same way. My partner can go to the gym, like, gym was his life. Now gyms have opened up and we've decided to join the same gym. So it's like the part where you feel like you're giving something up, I think that's where it comes down to the kind of partner you choose. If you find someone that you have a lot of mutual ground with, then it's easy for you guys to do things as a couple that you both enjoy. Because if you feel like you're giving things up too much for someone, it means they're too different for you. And that means that they'll want to do the things they want to do, but they can't because they're married to you. But you'll also feel like I can't do the things I want to do because I'm married to him. So it becomes really difficult to balance your life when there's so many differences. That's why I feel like finding a common ground with someone is good. So like, you know, the gym situation, I've joined the gym with my partner. Now, we can't go to the gym at the same time every day. Some days he goes, he'll go in the morning. Some days I'll go in the evening because I've got other responsibilities. So we've just kind of done it in a way so that when we do get that chance to go together, we take full advantage of it because that's how difficult it becomes. It becomes quite hard just to do things together because you've got your whole family around you and you have to like, you know, sometimes prioritize others over your husband in that moment and they have to understand and vice versa. There's been plenty of times when I've, you know, called my husband to do something, but he's got to do something else for his mum or for his dad. And I just have to be understanding. And, you know, initially you will be like, oh, my God, like if I was on my own and if I was single or if I was just dating, I could just do it on my own. But when you're married, it does change. And it is scary because you do, in a way, have to compromise on a lot of things. I don't feel like that means you have to necessarily give up everything that you enjoy doing. I just think it's something you really have to talk to your husband about. And, you know, even things that you talk about before marriage, they can turn out to be different once you're married. But it's about spending your life together to build the life you want. And you're going to be constantly working at it. 
it's not going to be something that you're just going to come and fit into straight away it's going to be something that like you'll spend the rest of your life with this person they just have to be the person that's worth doing it for because you know I'm still adjusting to my routine even though I've been married for two months it's a completely different lifestyle I I did not lift anything I didn't lift a plate in my own house do you know what I mean and now all of a sudden like I'm having to do it for more than just immediate family I'm having to do it more than that but I'm lucky in my position because I've got other girls around me to help me it would have been hard if I came from a big family but it was just me as a daughter-in-law and I'm the only one doing it and no one else is there to help me so I am blessed in a way that I've got other people around me that do kind of guide me in how things are done um but also I think another really important thing is to mentally be in a good place before you get married because you know I've suffered suffered with mental health for for years right and I think one of the biggest things that I've suffered with is feeling guilty of what other people will think about me and so like you know just me having to do this podcast for example I've felt like oh my god what am I going to say like you know what are they going to think I've come away from my responsibilities of doing what needs to be done and I've come here to do this like but I had to kind of say no you know what I need to prioritize myself sometimes and I need to do what's good for me what's good for my business what's good for you know my like sanity it's not just about doing one thing so sometimes you can compromise so like for example yesterday I tried to do more than I could do because I knew I had to come away today so I did more yesterday so that today, you know, it doesn't seem as bad because I know mentally like I did a bit extra yesterday. So it's just making yeah. up for that. And that, that feeling is hard because there's a lot of people you feel like you need to please, especially in the beginning of being married, because yeah. you don't want anyone to think badly of you. But I think the other thing is you can't always please everyone. You just have to know you're not hurting anyone and your intentions and your heart is in a good place. And I think that's yeah. the main thing because it you do get caught up in the whole, you know, like process of um who am I hurting who am I upsetting and that guilt feeling but you do have to pull yourself out of it and think no like if I want to go and see my friends let me pre-plan it so before I could literally walk into my parents room and be like I'm going to see so-and-so and they were like oh okay what time are you going to be back and that was about it now I have to pre-plan weeks in advance because my family that I've got married into are busy like every weekend and obviously as a new daughter no, I need to be present so yeah. it's hard because I have to pre-plan things, but that's a compromise I have to make. So it doesn't necessarily mean that I stop doing what I wanted to do, but it means I have to change my method on how I approach it. And I have to do it in a way where it's also going to be acceptable for my family, but also it's something that's going to make me happy. And just having your husband's support, that's like the number one thing is have your husband's support. And that means like he supports you in what you want to do and he guides you in how to get there because husbands can throw out as many suggestions as they want but at the end of the day if you're not happy doing something then what's the point you're just going to live a miserable marriage and there's no point then so it's pretty deep (laughs) no 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 and it actually makes sense yeah no like it, it it is it's a lot isn't it it's a new world basically you're stepping into a whole new world and and I totally get that and I do you know what it actually it makes sense as well because you don't you we will never realize that until we're in that position so you know like how some of your friends could be married and they're like they're not they're just like giving like 
unknown answers you know like a bit half-hearted and you're just like why are you doing this I just say yes or no but now when you say stuff like that people might be like okay cool now I get it because you there's so much more responsibility on you as an individual and especially if you're living with your in-laws as well it's a whole different ball game it's not like you can just wake up one day and say to your husband I'm out and he's gonna be like what do you mean (laughs) what do you mean you know that we've got something going on you can't just not attend those things like you have to because at the end of the day you have to think about him and how he's feeling as well and how you know like it could be it should be vice versa as well and I'm pretty sure he would do the same for you if you turn around and said to him I'm seeing X, Y, and Z today, this part of my family, can you come? Yes, no, that type of thing. You you will try and find a middle ground and try and find out what works for both of you, I guess, in that sense. Yeah. But it's always going to be difficult. Like I don't I like I don't think people should be going in with blinkers and stuff like that because it's never going to be easy. And it also is like for me, yeah. how I see it is that my mental well-being my mental like you know mentally physically emotionally whatever wise I need to be for me if I'm mentally like somewhere else then I won't be able to give anything at that point because I'm feeling a certain way so for you obviously when you've spoken about like you know you have gone through your rough your rough patch and you have you know like you know it's 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 obviously going to be a whole different ball game for you and how you get like, you know, you feel a certain way and I'm guessing anxiety kicks in as well. You know, like it's one of those type of things where you yeah. need to watch out for those things as well, because then subconsciously you're thinking it's okay, but your other half can see it and he knows it's not okay. So you don't want it to kind of like affect everything. So yeah. I guess that's another pressure within itself as well, because you have to keep it's your responsibility you have to check on it so how how are you finding that by the way like how how are you finding like the whole mental health thing and obviously I'm guessing your your husband he's aware of it as well so how how are you guys working around that as well because obviously he must be aware that you feel certain ways and you know you might have anxiety or feel like having a bad day one day like how do you guys do work around that when I was first with my partner I was going through really bad depression at the time. And the thing is, depression is one of those things where sometimes you don't need a reason for you to feel the way you feel. It could be a long-term impact of something that might have, you know, caused it in the past where it just kind of lingers. And you have good days and bad days. And I believe that, like, everyone has good days and bad days. But when initially when I got into my relationship with Vessel, I was going in a a really bad direction I was really negative and I was really like I don't know I was just not in a good place and because of that I pushed him away and you know I kept on saying like no you know this is not going to work and I think it was a big fear as well for me of just the fact of being in a serious relationship with someone and I think that's what it was it was me telling myself that you know you're going through this because you don't know how your relationship's going to end up and you end up pushing the person away but cares about you so much in that moment but now I think I'm in a completely different place um my anxiety is still there but the thing is because Vessel's seen it for the last few years and he's kind of gone through it with me he understands and he picks up on it so he will like put his arm around me and he'll comfort me when I need him to but he'll also like talk to me when I need him to but the thing is he's not the most 
he he doesn't communicate the the best of most people but mm. I feel like I'm getting anxious talking about anxiety this is what happens but no 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 I that's feel like fine I'm... because honestly like uh, speaking from experience <laughs> as well like it's hard because you don't know how to explain it because I have yeah. personally gone through like you know anxiety and depression and it and you just st- sometimes don't know how to word it so take your time yeah. like it's no rush like at the end of the day <laughs> it is what it is at the end of the day and you never know who it might touch and help yeah. as well so just think of it in that yeah way. I just think that like when it comes to support there's so many different types of support you need from your partner and I think like emotional support is really important and when it comes to like your needs in a relationship I think it's really important for you to let your partner know like what your needs are because you don't want to be that person that when your partner's upset, you're quick to turn around and be like, okay, babe, don't be upset. But when it comes to you crying, they just sit there and don't know what to do. Like, that's not ever going to comfort you. That's not ever going to make you feel like they know how to make you feel at peace. So I think it was a process for me, that's all. And there were times also, where... like, if, if you don't think I'm right, let me know. But I also feel like when you're going through stuff like that, we as individuals, like you know, and I know what kind of emotional support we need, what we yeah. would want at that time. So therefore, it's our responsibility to let them know as well, saying yeah. that I, when I'm going through something like this, this is what I need from you. Like, yeah. if you, like for me, I don't know, if I was to, if I was to ever say to someone, if I'm in that situation, then mine would be like, I just want you there, just present yeah. there. Yeah. I don't, I'm not asking for a solution. I'm not yeah. asking to fix anything. I just yeah. need to know that you're there. So even if you're not physically there, then I need to know that if I pick up the phone and I call you, you're going to pick up the phone. Yeah. Or yeah. you're going to call me back if I, I don't get through to you or something like that. So you can be like, is everything okay? What's wrong? Yeah. What do you need? That type of thing. And I think emotional support comes in so many different forms, like you said. Yeah. So therefore, you need to just establish between the both of you what works and what he can provide for you and it's obviously it's going to be difficult as well for the other person and I can I can only I can't imagine how it must be for the other receiving end because we both know what it feels like going through it yeah so it's hard for them too yeah they they won't be able to understand why we're Mm -hmm. feeling the way we are like I literally like for me I've got one million tabs open in my brain so if I'm not thinking about that I'm thinking about that and then it just goes on it's like a cycle and it makes it hard as well because when it's your married as well you're thinking about the other person because you don't want them to feel a certain way if that makes sense yeah and the thing is you can't just expect someone to know how to deal with something especially when they've never gone through it before exactly and I think and plus even if they have gone through it before with let's say a past partner or someone else in their family their experience with them is so different than their experience with you what Mm. that you know past partner might have wanted is not the same thing you're going to want so I think it's important, that's the whole process in getting to know someone is you're educating that person on yourself and you're letting them know like, you know, when I have a down day, this is how I feel and this is what would make me happier. And it's about the other person sort of reciprocating that with you. And I think like educating your partner, like for example, I'm diabetic and my partner's never really had to deal with someone with diabetes, not in his family and not in his like love life either. And with my condition, it's something that affects my moods quite a lot. So when I have a low, I get very like uh, shaky, 
I'm quite low on mood and when I'm high like I feel lethargic and I feel you know I've got a headache and every little noise annoys me <laughs> so it's really difficult for him to deal with it because you know mentally he's probably going through it too just seeing someone he loves have to go through that as well but it had to be something that I pushed him to say like you know let's join a forum so he joined a diabetic forum online so he gets emails and listen he'll like screenshot emails and send them to me like oh babe did you read about this so it's like he's making the effort as well to educate himself on something so that he knows as a, a husband who is married to someone who's diabetic and going through depression or anxiety he knows he's not alone in having to deal with it because I think in that moment, a man can feel very alone because he feels like I've got to protect my wife. Because I'll tell you something now, when you get married to a guy that loves you, yeah, it doesn't matter how you feel. That man will try to protect you, even if he doesn't know how to. He doesn't ever want his family to look at you in a bad way. So even though he might not do things or say things the right way, all his intentions are is to protect you. So if you're like going through something, they don't necessarily know how to handle that situation where it's like, oh my God, Nazi's having a low, her mood switched up, how's my family going to see this? And then it mentally impacts him too. So they're going through a lot on their side just to kind of deal with it. But then sometimes us, like, you know, as individuals, we'll be like, oh, you're not doing enough. You're not supporting me. No one gets it. No one understands. And you just jump to all these conclusions. But you have to understand they've never been in this position before. They don't know how to deal with it. So like, I think coming together and helping each other, educating each other on it is so important because the more your husband knows or the more your wife knows about your condition, the more they can help you in like how to deal with other obstacles that are in the way. Um, so it's it's like it's difficult because because there's something that's a massive adjustment. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to bottle myself up, but it means I can go to my husband and cry with him. Mm. And I can talk to him because he gets it, because he understands. Because I'll tell you now, my husband, when I first met him, he used to say, don't cry. He used to say to me, no, it's weak. You have to be strong. But then later on, like, he realized, he was like, babe, do you need to cry out? Like, now he'll say it to me. He'll Just cry. <laughs> Just here, come lean on my shoulder and he'll let me cry. But it makes a massive difference. Just, Just that, like, that growth from him as well and seeing that he understands it more now than he did before it just shows me like us living together it does change people like he's had to grow I've had to grow it's just a part of life isn't it but depression is a hard one because it's not just something you go through I think it impacts everyone around you it impacts your partner it impacts you know even just your in-laws it it, it does impact everyone because they question your moods they're like what's wrong you're very down today you're not talking you have to kind of like you don't know what to say because you don't even know how to explain it to them yeah so it is hard it's always hard when it comes to things like that and I think it's like it's brave for you to be able to even be in a situation where you know this what's going on and how the dynamics have changed from what they used mm-hmm. to be to what they are now and it's yeah. it's, it's hard and I think it's even more hard for someone as well when they they're going through depression and anxiety to be to even take that step of being a part of someone else's life do you know what I mean because you're hesitant anyway like for me I think my biggest block would ever be is that because for me I know how long it's taken me to get to the place where I am right mm. now and alhamdulillah mm. I'm, I'm in a place right now where I'm so content 
and yeah. I know myself now enough to know when I'm having bad days to be like I'm yeah. having a really shit day today and you know what yeah. I need to actually take time out and I need a break yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. that's when like for me as well like I don't know about you but when I'm having a really bad day I'm gonna be quiet as hell yeah like literally I'm quiet I don't want to talk I don't want to do anything I just want to just sit there put something on like trash tv background noise yeah and just sit there because I just don't want to deal with whatever it is but it's okay to have those days and it's it's great that you're able to do that with your husband as well now now that he knows like he's like oh if Nazia's feeling bad then you know like I'm gonna allow her to feel how she's feeling and I and for me that's really important because one thing I don't like is is when someone turns around and says to me I shouldn't be feeling a certain way because I'm feeling the way Mm -hmm. I am and there's nothing you can do to change that feeling yeah and if I need if I need to be alone I need to be alone like otherwise I get into that mode where like if I feel like I'm I don't know about you but for me like if I'm personally if I feel like I'm being like smothered or like you know just say wrapped up in cotton wool and I'm not able to express myself or feel free that's what leads me to self-explode yeah and when I self-explode I self-sabotage yeah and I literally walk away from whatever it could be I'll be like I'm done I I'm not dealing with this anymore and for me like I don't know if that's a good thing but for me walking away from situations that doesn't help me is so much more easier than staying there and dealing with it do you do you get what I'm saying to you but and and yeah I need to learn how to undo that but it's like a defense mechanism isn't it like in natural I don't want to deal with this yeah it's true but at the end of the day it's obviously an experience that you've gone through that makes you feel that way that makes you feel like you have to sort of step away from something that's hurting you inside and when you feel like you know what as soon as you feel like it's not the memories that come back it's the feeling you once had and Mm. what happens is when we get into relationships if we've had a previous relationship that hasn't worked out for us it isn't that your partner that you're with now is the same you can't be like oh you're just like him or you're just like her it's not that it's the fact that the feeling this person is giving you might remind you of a time you don't want to remember and I understand that self-sabotage because, like I said, that's something that I used to do. But I think a part of the growth does come from learning to deal with the things. And you know what? At the end of the day, if you put yourself out there and when there's a problem, you try to deal with it rather than walking away from it. If you deal with it and things don't work out, you know you tried and that's where growth comes from. It comes from you taking that step instead of turning around and walking the other way. Because at the end of the day, if you take a step forwards, that person will turn around and they'll be like, no, I don't want to deal with this with you anymore. But you carry on walking because you're just growing on your on this journey. So it's like, you know, if, if someone says something, you know, sometimes when it comes to girls that have gone through things, it takes mm-hmm. the smallest thing for a guy to say or do for you to be like, no, he's not the right guy for me. It literally yeah. takes the smallest thing sometimes. Yeah, the most but, smallest thing will just put yeah. you off everything and you're like bye I'm not dealing with this I know and I remember that's how I used to be and my friend was like one of my friends she was like Nazia like if you keep doing this and you keep on being picky you're gonna end up alone forever is that what you want and I was like you know what no it's not but you know what I think I think having that conflict and disagreeing with your partner initially is scary because you'll feel like oh my god it's the end of the world 
but initially yeah. it, like that's how it feels eventually in your relationship you realize okay it's just a disagreement we just don't agree on this thing and you kind of agree to disagree yeah and and that's how it becomes you you do grow in every relationship you're in whether it's with a boyfriend a partner or like even family and friends every relationship helps you grow it's just about like how you're both dealing with it I think what you put into your marriage or what you put into your relationship the other person opposing person should put the same amount of energy into something if it's just you like busting your ass to try and make it work it never works it has to come from both sides but you also have to remember that your effort you put in is not going to be exactly the same effort for you, from your partner, but he will put effort in in a different way. But he's going to try to meet you at that level, but in his own way, because no two people are the same on how they handle things or how they deal with things. Like I'm a, you know, it's happened and I like to talk about it before I move on. Whereas yeah. my partner just gets over it and he doesn't like talking about it again. And that's hard to deal with because, you know, you've got like, two different people here that are trying to come together to build this one ideal world together but if you're both using different materials how you meant to build it just doesn't go so it is hard but you, you do have to meet in the middle and compromise and like I said it's it's 50 50 you have to both put in enough to make 100 percent at the end of the day and that actually makes sense as well because otherwise how are you going to make a marriage work <laughs> do you know what I mean exactly trust and me I like literally the first year is the hardest yeah I think it is it's always going to be it's, the first year will always be hard because you're learning how to live with that person and what they're like and there's going to be so many sides of that person that you're going to see that you're going to be like oh my god you know there could be little yeah. things that could just annoy you as well like you probably you probably even know it as well when you're just like oh he's doing <laughs> yeah. that again I told him not to do it mm-hmm. but he's doing it again <laughs> you know what I mean it could be anything to be honest with you I'm not I'm not that fussy but he is so he's yeah. the kind of person where he's like oh you didn't make the bed properly or you didn't take the sheet off the bed or you didn't do this but then to be honest I do like I do kind of like try to get him to do things when I'm trying to get ready and stuff so I'll be yeah. like oh babe can you make the bed while I go and shower <laughs> like, bless him, he'll do it but then he'll like talk and one of the biggest like the most annoying thing is whenever I ask him to do something he'll talk and he'll be like babe and I'm like please <laughs> and I kind of just sweet talk him and he just does it but yeah but but nice. no it makes sense though it's just, because it's just um yeah you just you literally just have to find a middle ground I guess because there's always going to be points where you just mm. you, you're both going to be like okay let's just you know get over it or let's talk about it or anything like that you know you just kind of learn to adapt to certain things and you know like like I said there's yeah. going to be so much you're going to learn about him even more in the next like you know coming have yeah. 50 60 years you're going to probably find out something when you're like eight years old and he does something you're like why are you doing that yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> like, you're always, there's always going to be something that's you know, so funny <laughs> it's true and you know what sometimes like you know because because I come to this like he's got some family whose house we come to very often right mm. and I came here the other day and one of the girls was like oh you know I finally after six years I've learned how to make festus tea and I was like how's that she's like oh you have to put milk in the tea bag in a cup and then you put it in the, in the microwave and then you take it out and you put more milk and you mix it I was like 
I've been with him for years and that is never how he's made his tea. So I don't know since when he's been making his tea like that. But okay, like I'm learning from other people of how he does things. Oh my it's God. Just, it's all a learning curve. He just doesn't want yeah, you to I learn know. from other people. He doesn't even tell me. He, yeah. If I make him tea, he'll be like, oh babe, this is great tea. And then he never asks me to make tea again. <laughs> and even when I offer he's like oh no babe it's all right I don't want any tea and then two minutes later he'll come in with a cup and I'm like did you want tea he's like no babe like I don't know he clearly doesn't like your tea (laughs) 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 so I also wanted to ask you how did you know that your husband was the one. I'm putting quotation marks around the the one. How did you know that? <laughs> oh, um, so when me and him got together for the first time, we started talking. Mm-hmm. And what happened was, I was going through a lot of personal things at that time. My granddad was quite unwell, so I actually stopped talking to him. Mm-hmm. And... Um, after that he kind of texted me no sorry I texted him like maybe two weeks later just saying like hey how are you and stuff and just we kind of caught up and since then we carried on talking but then we went on a few dates and he asked me out a few times and I kept saying no because at that time I didn't feel like he was the one and I was confused I didn't know like you know if it was going to go anywhere I didn't know if he'd be able to support me so all those things I look for like the emotional support you know, someone being attracted to me, liking me. Because, like, when we'd go on dates, it was like we'd sit on two different sofas and talk to each other. And I found that weird because, for me, it was like if someone's interested in you, they usually show you signs that they're interested. But then I kind of saw it from a different perspective. And I was like, okay, he just respects me. And that's why he's giving me my space. So eventually we started dating. And then we kind of had the discussion where we said, right, like, Actually, I said it to him, and I know this sounds really upfront, but I said to him, I want us to go out for six months. And for six months, I want us to see if this is working or not. Because you know how they say, like, in your first four to six months is when you know, like, if you love someone or not. Because what usually happens is three months is honeymoon period, and after that, like, you're doing nothing but fighting. So I said to him, six months, I'm going to be really honest with you. If this doesn't work for me, because I was so unsure in the beginning about dating him in the first place, I said to him, okay, you know what? I'm going to go with it. If it doesn't work, like, I don't want us to take it badly. I just want us to know it didn't work, right? So we gave it six months. And he, like, spoiled me on my birthday because my birthday fell within that six months. He used to come over and pick me up, like, nearly every day. At that time, his job was different, and he used to finish work earlier. So every single day after work, he'd come and pick me up, and he'd take me out. And I thought, is this going to change? Like, you know, there's always that fear that, oh, this guy's going to change. You know, he's not going to be the one in, you know, after we get married and stuff. So I was always scared of that. But I'll be honest with you, my whole relationship vessel was very consistent. Like, it was only towards the end when COVID happened that we stopped sort of seeing each other. Um, And it was like two, three months we didn't see each other. But it was hard. It did impact us. But then what happened was after the six months, we kind of were like, okay, so like, what's next for us? And by that time, we had said the L words. 
we'd already told each other we wanted to be with each other for the rest of our lives and we, it was just natural it wasn't something that like I planned after six months I want to get married to this guy it was more like after six months I want to see if this is something I can progress in or something that I need to walk away from yeah. because you know like it was that whole thing about you know like if one thing turns you off a person you walk away I basically said to myself to an extent within my boundaries if I have an argument with this person I can't just say no and walk away I need yeah. to put up with it a little bit too so that's why I kind of gave myself that time frame to say, see what you can put up with. If he crosses his boundaries in the six months, it's done. But if it's just minor arguments, why can't I go past that? Why can't I go to a year or two years or three years? So it kind of just like, I don't know why I set that time frame because I know you really shouldn't. But that's just personally how I did it. I kind of just said to myself, if it doesn't work, it was. I think it was more like a time thing for me as well because mm. I felt like, getting to know someone is a lot of effort and it's a lot of time and if I would have to start fresh again I would dread it because I would think oh my god it's going through all those things again where you're getting to know someone and you're again having to educate them they're educating you you're getting to know each other you're falling in love you're hurting you're you're hurting someone else so it's all those things and I just felt like you know what I can't keep going through it so yeah. it was something that I said to myself I can't be in this relationship for three years and then realize it's not working I have to realize it within the first six months. I was willing to put my six months into this guy and say, this is where I figure out if it's going to work or not. If I can last this and if this works for me, that's how I know that this is going to be the guy for me. Because a lot of people, they struggle, but they feel like, no, it's still going to work. And they spend two, three, four, five, six years together. Yeah. And then they break up. Mm. But their problems were occurring from that first six months that they were together. So it's, it's about that. It's what you can kind of tolerate. It's yeah. what you can kind of be patient with. And it's what they can be patient with. It could have been him that turned around and said to me, you know what? It's We're three months in and it's not working. I think we need to call it quits. Yeah. But it's something we both kind of worked at. And then eventually we just said, like, you know, we're at a point now where I think we should take it to the next step. And we got engaged and we were over the moon about it. It wasn't something we were ever scared of. Like, like you're saying, you know, you have this fear of committing to someone because of things you might have gone through or the fact that your life will change so much. We never even thought about it. We lived so much in that moment that we never thought about our future. We just mm. enjoyed every single second of in, in, being engaged. We enjoyed each other's company. It was only when it got closer to us thinking about getting married, then it started to be like, OK, what will my daily routine look like? What will my life look like? But at that point, like, I was so deep in with this guy that I was like, if he told me I have to do something, I wouldn't mind doing it for him because I love him that much that, like, you know, if he said to me, you know, you need to help out with this stuff in the house, I wouldn't care. Even though I'd never lifted a plate at my house, I didn't mind doing it for the person I love. So it didn't feel like a responsibility. It felt like something I want to do for my husband. And at the end of the day, like, I think it makes him happy to see me be so involved in his family and so involved in the things in the house that makes him happy and I know that that's what makes him happy if I keep myself reserved and stuff he kind of feels and he's like oh babe why don't you go and sit with everyone and then he feels like he's having to tell me to do it yeah. so I kind of picked up on what was important to him and he was he's a very family guy he, mm. he just he's a massive family person so I knew that from the day we met he told me what his family was like he told me what, you know, 
who was in his family, how his family worked and everything. And that was something that I thought, this is my compromise, my sacrifice, mm. because I'm going to do this for the person that I love. Yeah. And I think that's how I knew that this is the person, because, of course, there's things I never imagined doing. Like, I didn't think I'd get married and live with my in-laws. That was never something I actually wanted. Mm. I wanted to have a house with my husband, have kids and just, you know, have a home. But now I feel like when I go to my mom and dad's house, I miss my home now, which really? is the house I live in. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my and God. And it's weird. <laughs> and I'll go there and they'll be like, oh, are you guys going to have dinner with us? And I'm like, nah, mom, we're going to go and have dinner with the family. She's like, oh, but why aren't you guys staying for dinner? And I'll be like, oh, we've got to go home, mom. We've got to go home. <laughs> so it's like, it's weird because I never thought that I'd be saying those things. But now I am, and now I know that this is where my heart is. My heart is in this house. Even though every day is, like, different. Some days are hard, don't get me wrong. Some days it's hard to adjust to certain things, and there's new rules or there's new sort of things that you have to do. But I still feel like this is my home. Yeah. And that that's what – that's really nice to hear. Like, honestly, like, literally when you were saying that to me, I was just smiling because I was just like, that's that's what every girl should feel like. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like everyone should feel that way and you shouldn't feel a certain way. Like this is like a, you know, like an ideal dream for all girls. Like they just want to feel at home and they want to yeah. feel like they're loved and, you know, they just want to be where like content and happy. And that's the main thing. Like, you know, it's so important to just feel like you're not yeah. in an, like you don't want to feel awkward in a new place and for you to already feel like this is my home now like I just want to be with my with my husband's family and just chill with them yeah. and do dinner with them that's so nice to hear did you like did you at any point like feel like you missed home as well though like when you first newly got married like yeah of course I still do like I think for my parents it was harder than it was for me mm. I think for them they felt like because I'm an only daughter and I've just got one brother all of a sudden I left home and I they always tell me that I was sort of like the the one who would crack the jokes and have the banter in the house and I was always the loud one and you know putting music on and dancing with my mom and I was always the one that was keeping the livelihood in the house mm. and when I go back now to my house I see it and I think it's changed so much just me not being there anymore oh. and obviously I miss it because I lived with my grandparents as well so we lived as a joint family and obviously sometimes I feel like you know my grandparents are really old and they probably you know they won't live for another hundred years but you know I think to myself I've left and now I feel like I can't be with them as much yeah. and that's something you take for granted when you live with someone and I miss that a lot because you know, like, I was very close with my grandma, like, sitting at home and just, you know, I'd work and I'd go downstairs and sit with her on the sofa or I'd help her with things in the kitchen or I was very close with her and helping her to do those things and now she doesn't have anyone to help her. Yeah. So I feel it more for them than I do for myself. Yeah. I miss it because I feel for them and what they're missing, if that makes sense. Not so much because I miss home, because now, like, I have to accept that this is my home. Not even accept it, but, like, it just naturally happened that now this is my home. Yeah. So I do miss it because I miss them, obviously, and I obviously feel like they miss me a lot, and that makes me emotional. Yeah. But I think that when you find someone, and in your heart, you will naturally know that he is the one, 
And when that does happen, I feel like you accept him for all the baggage, the same way he will accept you for all your baggage. Mm. And I think that's a big part about marriage is accepting them for whatever comes with them, whether that's family, whether that's them always being caught up in work or, you know, them being too busy sometimes to take you out, but then they're making it up to you. But I think it's just accepting them for what comes with them and them accepting you the same way. Yeah. That's a big part of marriage. Did you ever at one point, like while you was getting to know your husband, did you at any point ever question it? Like question it in a sense where you you just, like I said, like you just thought, no, this isn't going to work and you just got cold feet. That's the right word to use. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever um, feel that way? Not really. Not based off of him. No. I mean, sometimes when we used to have a fight, I was a bit petty and I'd be like, oh, do you know what? Like, this isn't going to work. But never really in my heart did I ever feel like this is not the right guy for me. I feel like he's... He... Yeah, no, that, that pretty much answers it. No, I never really felt it. When I, get, when I got married and when I came here, Initially, I felt a little bit alone because I felt like if me and him argue about something, I did feel alone. So I'd, I'd be like, can I go and see my parents? Can I go home? Can I go home? But he's kind of like supported me to say, yeah, like, I'll take you and he'll go see my parents with me. But by the time we get there, me and him have like made up and we're happy again. So it's never really been a thing where I've been like, nah, this isn't the right guy for me. And to be honest, I've never questioned him being the right guy. There might have been things that have happened in our relationship where I'm like, you know what, this is going to be hard. But never to the point where I've been like, Fessel isn't the right guy. Like As an individual, as him alone, forget the family, forget everything else. Never have I felt like he's the he's not the right guy for me. And I think that is something that we all need to like, not just like, you know, it's in general, we need to realise that as well. Like, for both sides for a man and for a woman that it shouldn't ever come to your mind whether I don't know you shouldn't second doubt second doubt the relationship but I guess getting cold feet is different though because I think everyone gets cold feet in some form but they just don't know how to deal with it but it's just one of those things where you get cold feet and the next day you're okay you're just like yeah I just got scared for a bit but I think I think what ha- what helps as well is sorry to cut you off there. No, what helps is Fessel was always oh no matter how bad we had a fight after I'd be like oh you know what like you probably think differently of me now but he was never ever someone that ever let me doubt the relationship so because of him and how he was he never let me doubt the relationship so when it came to marriage when I even asked him are you scared. Are you afraid of getting married? Are you nervous? He always gave me confidence in our relationship. He always made me feel like there's nothing to be afraid of. And I think that's a big reason as to why I never felt scared. And the funniest thing is, when we had our nagar, <laughs> and when we were saying, like, we didn't even say Kabul hair in our nagar. It was like the guy asked me in Urdu. He spoke Urdu and he said, you know, the marriage of you to Fessel and your dad is a witness, and his dad is a witness, and like, he went on about all that stuff, but he said it in Urdu, and I'm not the best Urdu speaker, so he had basically asked me at that point, do you want to marry Fessel, but I thought he was just asking me, are you okay, 
with your father and his father being witness. So I said, yeah, and he just walked away. So after like five minutes, my dad came in and started saying Mubarak and hugging me. I was like, dad, is it done? And I, didn't even, I didn't even know I had said yes to my nikah. <laughs> after that, I was like, oh my God. Like, did I just you didn't even realize. <laughs> and me and Fessel laugh about that so much now. Oh my because God. we didn't even know. We didn't even know that I said yes to the you know nigga. The like, fact oh. that you're saying that, it just sounds like you, though. <laughs> it just sounds <laughs> like you're you could do it. Because the funniest thing is, the imam went to Fessel after and he was like, I asked her about you to get married. And she said yes, like, so quickly. Like, literally, <laughs> without no hesitation. She was like, yes. But I thought that he was asking me about my dad being a witness. And I was like, yeah. I didn't even say yes. I didn't say G. I didn't say Kabul. I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He just walked away. And I was like, what just happened? Everything, everyone's saying Mubarak to me. Everyone's hugging me and kissing me. I'm like, is it done? But I didn't sign anything. I I didn't do it. And then after he, the the imam came in and I signed a piece of paper. But I was like, that's crazy. Like, this is a story I'm going to have to tell my kids one day that I didn't even know I was marrying their father. But I would say yes to it. I could have said no. No, that's... <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, oh, my it's God. Funny. That's so funny. <laughs> so, oh, that's next so time, like, when you get married, inshallah, one day, just make sure you know what you're saying yes to, yeah? <laughs> Before you're, like, cuffed for life and you don't even know what you're getting cuffed to. Knowing me, I just have a feeling. Knowing me, I'm probably going to be exactly like you. I'm going to be like, yeah. 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 What's your point? (laughs) And I'll be like, then when he walks away, I'll be like, why are you walking away for? Like, why is everyone hugging me right now? (laughs) I didn't get to cry. I was meant to time the criming. Like I was meant to like just meant to cry, and you didn't even let me cry. Exactly. It's meant to be in the pictures that you were emotional, so you could say like my family that much. It's so funny. There's not a single there was there's one picture. I don't know if you've seen it on my Instagram of Fessel holding my hand and me kind of in front of him, and my brother's holding the Quran above my head, and I'm taking Fessel out of the Ruxabi. And I'm leading the way, and I've got this massive smile on my face. (laughs) (laughs) I look back at that picture, and the funniest thing is, his brother had like arranged like a Rolls Royce to like get driven to the house in and stuff. I got in the car, and I literally left, and I just burst into tears. Before that, I was happy, (laughs) smiling, I was hugging my mum, saying bye to everyone. My dad was a bit emotional and that made me a bit emotional. But I was like, oh, it's okay. I'll see you guys in a bit. <laughs> I got in the car. I drove off. And before you know it, I just burst into tears. And that's when it hit me that that's not my home anymore. And that was hard. That's yeah. Great. It was it was a bittersweet moment. I think it's always going to be that way, though. But, yeah. God, Nazia, you had to do your wedding in such a dramatic way. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it had to be me. <laughs> Get married during COVID. Yeah. And get married in my back garden. Plus, do you know what? Get married in the back garden. It's the way to go now. Do you know how many people have been like, oh, I want a small wedding now. I want a small wedding. Just because, like, 
when they see people doing it, they're like, oh my god, this is the future of of weddings. Yeah. Because you know what? I remember Fessel's mum saying, um, you know, oh, he's he's my last son. So Fessel's got two siblings, but he was the last one to get married. Mm. And his mum was like, you know, I really want to do a big wedding for him. I really wanted to celebrate. And she was quite down about it. It's understanding she was down about it. She was like, you know, it was the last child to get married off. And I said to her, I was like, mum, at the end of the day, yeah, we're going to start our lives together. And that's why we're doing it. We're not doing it to show people. We're not doing it to get married and wait to have spend so much money and just have all that just for people that won't even appreciate it. And I think that like Alhamdulillah and the guy I had was like the most perfect thing for me. I had my close family. Obviously, certain people couldn't make it because of COVID. But I had my close family. He had close family. And we just did what we had to do in order to move forward. And I think we did it in the best way possible and that that is something that like I'm never going to take back I'm never regretful of the fact that I didn't have a big wedding yeah and I think that's great though because at the end of the day you had the people that you needed and wanted there mm-hmm. as well and that yeah. means a lot as well so what would you so now that you're a new bride a new you know wife <laughs> obviously you know, like everything it's has weird. changed. Everything's weird. Everything's changing. What tips would you give to girls that want to get married or getting married or are married? What would you like? What would be like? Let's just do five tips. What would you recommend? What would you do? And if you could do something differently, what would you do? So, like, what would you go for? Just shoot. Okay. Go for it. Oh my god, that's hard. Um, what would I do? I would try to build a relationship because family and make it your own relationship. So no matter how you and your husband are, I would definitely try to have something with his family mm. to make you feel like you're a part of that family and you're not just there for him. So yeah. I'd say that's the first thing. Second thing is don't give up on your dreams. Um, especially the things you were doing before you were married, don't give up on them. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you support him and he supports you. But at the same time, try to balance your life. Balance is a really big thing in marriage, meaning, you know, your housework, your responsibilities, kids if you have kids, work, you know, health, everything, your husband, you know, your time, uh, all of that. I think that balance is really, really important in life. Um, I think the third thing would be learn how to deal with your issues with your husband without getting anyone involved. Mm. I think girls tend to involve people. I've never really been someone that's picked up the phone and never called my friends or, or anyone to say I've had a problem with my partner. Even when we were just boyfriend and girlfriend, it's just something I've never done. But I know that some people do. And like, I know at that time you need someone to talk to. But I think try to build a relationship with your husband or partner where you feel like once you've cooled off, he is also the person you can go to. Because at the end of the day, the only people that are going to resolve your issues are you two. Mm. No one else is going to resolve them. Once people form a bad opinion about your husband, their opinion of him won't change. Even if tomorrow he takes you to the end of the world and he brings you the moon, and he does everything for you and you forgive him and you become totally cool with him 
it's hard to convince your family or your friends to see him the same way because they can't handle the pain that you go through. So I think trying to resolve your issues with your husband as a couple, that's really important. I think the fourth thing would be, oh, I don't know. Uh, find things that you guys enjoy together. So have like a date night once a week, even if it's like, so we tend to do like, um, we go somewhere local, but then once every two, three weeks, we'll go out for a proper meal um, so that it's like switching it up a little bit. But I think having that time alone as, as a couple is so important. It shouldn't just be at night when you're in bed or in the morning when you wake up. It should be like you make a time in the day where you two can sit down and have like, I don't know, lunch together if he's on break or, you know, you, you meet up after work and you do something if you're going to work. So just having that time as a couple without every external person there I think that's really important yeah. uh what are we on the fifth one yeah we're on the last one now oh okay um oh, do you know what there's actually so many but I'm thinking which one's a good one to say <laughs> um I think understand your partner as much as you want to be understood yeah that's an important one understand him in terms of what he's going through and try to relate to it and try to put him in your shoes too. Men find it hard sometimes to be empathetic and to understand what you're going through. And they never will understand what it feels like as a woman to leave home. They never will. But at the same time, try to explain to them that, you know, give them that importance to let them know that you're there. And the only person they have in that moment is you, as in yeah. that guy that you're talking to or with. So letting them know that, you know, you're my partner. We need to sort of, um, understand each other that's really important because even though it's so cliche to say oh yeah being understanding is something you need in a marriage you don't understand how understanding you have to be and sometimes you have to bite your tongue as a woman too and yeah. think I can't say this or do this right now how I sit is watched how I eat is watched how I clean is watched it's it's all watched so it's not always as easy as you find it but I know girls that have been trained since birth by their parents as to how to cook clean and do everything and they go into their in-laws house and it's still not the right way just because it's not the way they do it yeah so don't be too harsh on yourself give yeah. yourself time to adjust in the new house because I was so harsh on myself when I first came here I pushed myself beyond my capabilities I literally you would push myself and then I'd get upset and feel like I hadn't done enough yeah. but it's something that like you have to give your understand yourself as well as understanding your husband understand that like this is a new routine for you and whatever you've been taught by your parents it's all out of the, it just, it's, it's all yeah, out the window at that point yeah it's out the window like literally it's like almost like marriage is rebirth in a way because mm. you're a new person not meaning you've changed who you are because your husband loved you for who you are not for how much cleaning you do in the house they love you for who you are but it's almost in a way where like you're now growing in the next phase in your life. So the f previous phase that you had at home with your parents is changed just how when you're a baby, a toddler, a young child in primary school, it's like a phase. But then you get into secondary school and then, you know, your parents might say to you, you know, go out and look for a part-time job in retail or go out and do this or go out and do that. So that's the second phase where you're standing on your own two feet. I think marriage in itself is a phase. 
yeah. it's a very different phase it's like you know in uni when they say you do your first year but your step from first year to second year is a bigger step yeah it's like that this phase is the biggest step ever yeah. to just you know up your game grow as a person embrace it the more you fight it the more you think no I'm not going to do this because I can't change the more hard like the harder it gets for you so I think embrace this change do what you can do don't be too harsh on yourself and what you can't focus on the good yeah. things like that that that's pretty much the only advice like yeah but... yeah that's true that and you know what it is it's that's exactly what needs to be done as well because if you don't understand one another then it's not going to work out anyway mm-hmm. do you know yeah. what I mean so it's stuff like that so what about yeah. the single girls though what would you say for us look at us we're still <laughs> I have not got a ring on my finger help <laughs> <laughs> oh, only you can help yourself only you can help yourself it's about how much you're willing to how much you're willing to compromise how much you're willing to I would say tolerate because sometimes I feel like you have to tolerate things. I feel like have your boundaries in place because people like to overstep their boundaries. And I think that should be your reason for leaving someone is when they don't respect you and they don't respect your boundaries. That means they don't respect you as a person, then walk away. Mm. But let's just say, for example, I was talking to a guy and he, I don't know, he might say something a lot like, what's up like let's just say what's up is his word but he says it a lot right it's something that like it's not a boundary for me it's just something I'm just like a bit irritated by yeah like you can just say hello you're okay like just if, try to talk to him and be like oh how come you say what's up a lot like yeah. oh where'd you pick that up from because things change like for example my sister-in-law she used to say in it <laughs> she said before she got married she used to say in it and now I've never heard her say it and the other day she was speaking to me about it and she was like I used to say in it and she used to say on my days <laughs> and I looked at her and she's so well spoken she's so like articulate in the way she says things that it's hard to believe that that's who she was before she got married so these things that we pick on with people are things that can be changed there's certain mm. things that can change people's appearance for example there's things you can do to change that if like, let's say for example he's got hair that's longer than I like it I'm not going to leave him because of it I'll just say to him like oh you know what short hair actually really suits you and he'll be like okay you know what it makes her happy let me do it and there's a physical changes and you know other little habits that people can change mm. so don't don't quit too quickly on people like that when it's someone that's like rude cocky abusive um bullying narcissistic things like that if he's like that then walk away because you know it's not the right person for you but you have to sometimes think okay can I see my you know what I'll tell you now you will never see yourself with someone in the long term from the minute you start talking to them it's a process you won't know he's the one initially but sometimes you have to give it a chance I know that now like it's so hard especially with like apps and stuff yeah with people they talk to multiple people at once like when you don't get an answer back from one person you're on to the next one and it becomes hard because it's like how do you stay committed to one person to try and build a foundation for a relationship which eventually leads to marriage Mm -hmm. if you can't even talk to one person yeah and it makes sense as well because 
it's like a it's like a repetitive process and you're talking to so many people and I and I did speak about um, the whole dating online thing and I think it can be toxic yeah. as well because yeah. then yeah. you're just thinking I can do better I can do better well yeah. the truth is you can always and forever always do better yeah. but yeah. you know like you shouldn't avoid what's in front of you and I think that i I've been on dating apps once and I'm not going to do it ever again I can't do it it's just too much for me it it's took hard. too much from me as well because I found it exhausting talking to yeah. people and you're talking to so many people that mm. you're just like well not so many but you're talking to more than what you would normally do and it's yeah. like talking about the same thing over and over again and yeah. I feel like now it's with our generation talking stages are too long now like I don't have it in me my talking stages yeah. have run out now I I don't have yeah. no more left in me it's either you marry me or you don't <laughs> <laughs> You either marry me or you don't. It's not forced. Either you marry me or you don't. That's it. Pick and choose. What do you want to do? I wish life was that easy. I'm out of talking stages. I don't want to talk no more. And there's only so much I can eat as well. I don't want to eat anymore. No more meals. No one going to the same place. Don't say it. Do you want to get married? Yes or no? Oh, um, it is hard. It is hard. Especially like, you know, you don't know a lot of people so you can't really be introduced to and sometimes you feel like all the guys on the apps are the only guys in the world but we don't realize there are guys out there that are like they're exactly what we're looking for it's just where we look yeah you just don't know you probably know this problem problem (laughs) see (laughs) (laughs) problem already great start um so as I was saying you you'll probably already know the person you'll probably already be speaking to the person they probably are a part of your life in some form anyway you know what you just need to see where life takes you and for me that's really important as well like I need to know that that person's like my I don't say best friend but like I need to know that that person is my go-to person like I'll just go to you know what I mean that type of thing And I think it's going to yeah. take time as well, because especially for like, obviously, single girls. And in this day and age, it's so much harder because men yeah. are men are mad, you know, that it is yeah. what it is at the end of the day. But then again, it is what it is at the end of the day. Men mm-hmm. are mad. Women are mad. Everyone's doing whatever they want to do. And I feel like people are just becoming so immune to everything now that they're just like, I can find better. I can go there. Yeah. I'll find something better. I don't need you anyway. And I don't need to tolerate this. And I don't need to do X, Y, Z. And that's the thing though, I feel like at our age, like when we start trying to look for people, what happens is people have already been damaged by previous relationships. And it's majority, 99.9% of the world's population of people our age have been in relationships before yeah. they are now, right? Yeah, yeah, so they've yeah, already been damaged by something. So what happens is they bring that into their now previous stages of talking to someone. And that's what impacts it for them. Like that's what causes the conflict in online dating or dating nowadays in general is because of the past they're bringing up the past because they haven't truly gotten over what they went through Mm. it's still hurting them it's still affecting them which is okay but it takes time because I'll tell you now when you're in a place where you feel like that no longer hurts me anymore you will feel like you know what I'm ready to find someone and I'm, I'm willing to you know like how you just said that I'm past the talking stage yeah it's probably because you're so like fed up of having to do it so much in this past couple of months or years that now you're tired of it 
But once you get over that again, you will put yourself back out there and you will be willing to make the effort to talk to people again and put yourself out there. It's just because now you're already affected by what you've had to do and how much work you've had to put in. And you probably had some really bad experiences with people and that's making you feel the way you are. But I do genuinely think that there is someone out there that will fit into your boundaries. I think you should have a non-existent list in your head that is like you know he I don't know you have have certain boundaries that people have everyone has different ones but you know you'll have things in place that you're looking out for in someone and just know that those that list of things that you have in your head that has to be in order so I'll give you an example let's say he's gone to uni he's educated but at the same time he's not got a job in what he wanted, Mm -hmm. right? So he's not getting paid as much money as he could be getting paid. You have to say, is it a priority to me that he's someone who's getting paid more money and isn't educated or someone that's educated but isn't working in the field that he should be working in? So it's kind of prioritizing the things you look out for someone. Because I'll tell you now, if you have 10 boxes to tick, it's very rare for someone to tick all 10 boxes. You have to just prioritize that list because as long as they're ticking your top five boxes, you can yeah. work on the other five. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's important as well. Like, um, I always I always said this and I've said it before on the podcast as well. I think when yeah. you're going through dating stages, you guys mm. need to have fun. Yeah. And you need to enjoy one another's company. Because yeah. the moment you start pressurizing it. As much as I just said, like, I've done talking stages and do you want to marry me straight? Yes or no. Really and truly, I'm not going to do that, but I really feel that way. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is you should really enjoy the time that you have with the person and enjoy yeah. it and see what you guys do, like, the fun stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want there to ever be a date where I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, this is not what it. <laughs> and why am I here and using toilet as an excuse to run away? <laughs> you know what I mean like I shouldn't ever be doing that but I think it's so important as well because some of us majority of us are scared because we just don't know and I feel like you're never going to fully know a person until you're married to them and I'm pretty sure you can agree with that as well because now that you're married you can see different sides of your husband and you're just like I didn't even know this existed but now I'm seeing it and I'm gonna have to just be like all right cool let's work around it or whatever but it's so important for people to realize that just because it doesn't work with one person doesn't mean it will never work with someone else it will work for someone else and it will eventually work out with someone else and you need to be you know what before you even find someone to be in a relationship with someone or get to know someone you need to be mentally physically emotionally all the whatever availabilities you need to be you need to be there you need to be present in a relationship the moment I sense that you're not communicating you're not talking properly you're not doing anything I'm gonna call it a day because I can't be with someone like that maybe maybe it could be different though someone else could possibly be like that they can be like okay Mm -hmm. I can I could deal with the whole not talking thing but for me at least I need to have some form of communication it could be you sending me a meme on Instagram or something whatever so it shows me so it shows me that you at least I did cross your thought process within the day yeah that oh it does change like it does change because like like Fessel's not um, like he does not communicate at all he clams up when you confront him about something 
it takes some time to go away and think about it. But before we were married, he would send me Instagram posts all the time. And that was his form of communication. But now we're living together. Why would he send me an Instagram post? That's different. <laughs> that, that's different, obviously, because you're going to be in front of each other and he's going to be like, look at this. Yeah. But that's then it's what hard it to communicate because that's the thing about change and being in a relationship to being married is it completely changes your relationship and how you communicate because you're texting each other. You might be a brilliant texter. You might be so articulate in the way you say things and, you know, you can really phrase your words right. Yeah. But then when it comes to talking to someone face-to-face, you clam up. But yeah. that's the thing. It's I think it's important to get to know your partner in all environments, in a fight, in an argument, around his friends, around your friends, going out in public, being at home alone, being in front of your parents, his friends. Like, all these different environments shows you what a person is like. Yeah. It shows you how they're going to react in a situation. Are they going to still be by your side when you're at his house, or is he just going to leave you there in the deep end? So it does show you, like, sort of what they're going to be like as well. Because... I get what you mean. You want a guy to be like someone who communicates. But most guys don't know how to communicate. Because especially in Asian culture, they're brought up in an environment and a household where their parents weren't very communicative and they have come from back home or one of their parents at least is from back home. And so they don't know how to talk about their feelings because it's never something they've seen anyone doing around them. But, but, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but... A guy that really wants something to work with someone, another girl, like a girl, they're going to mm-hmm. do anything and everything possible oh, to yeah. the work. Yeah. So we're not going to go for that anymore. <laughs> we're not having that behavior anymore, Nazia. So <laughs> if you want something to work with someone, you're going to put in the effort if you really want that's to be with that person. But right? like, that's, that's why they say, like, lead by example. So, yeah. for example, even if a guy isn't able to communicate, this is what I'm trying to say is, when you first meet a guy, he might not be able to communicate because he hasn't been exposed to it. Yeah. But that means if you show him, you're like, okay, look, this is how I'm feeling. And you really talk to him on a level where he feels like he can bounce off you. Then yeah. Slowly, he will naturally learn to communicate and he'll do it because he sees it benefits your relationship. And that's the thing. It's what they see as benefiting their relationship. If a guy does something because he truly loves you it's because he knows it's going to benefit his relationship with you so even if he's the most clammed up person like Vessel is when it comes to him when it comes to his time to communicate he does it and before he didn't at all so now he's slowly opening up to me because he's now feeling like okay talking to her is a way for her to also get it off her chest and that clears her mind so then we can have like a, a more sort of a cleaner relationship basically a non-toxic relationship do you know what I mean yeah no definitely and I think that's important as well and that's something that you will learn from very early on like Mm -hmm. early offset you will just know that this guy is communicating in that person communicates in this way and this person communicates in that way do you know what I mean so you will learn that very early on in the relationship and how Mm -hmm. it works with them and what type of person they are I think it's always got to do with that thing where if you're already like a naturally like a walking, you know, like siren, which is like sirening at everything, it's harder as well. Because I'm saying that for not just for like myself, but I'm saying it in general for a lot of females now. Like I know a lot of girls that are at a certain age in their life now and they're just like, I'm trying to look for someone 
or I'm trying to find someone, I'm trying to settle down, but they are like this and they're like that. All I'm going to say is the longer you leave it, the harder it gets. Because you, you are now at a point in your life where you're not willing to bend your back for certain things. Yeah. maybe you would before but now you've become so independent that you're not willing to bend your back for anything anymore you're just like I don't want to compromise on this though I, mm-hmm. even though you're telling me compromise makes it work I don't want to compromise on that I don't want to compromise on this and I feel like once you pass a certain threshold of age I'm not saying that you should be married by 16 or 18 or anything <laughs> like that I'm literally just saying when you get to a certain age it becomes harder because you're not blinded anymore you're not wearing rose tinted glasses anymore all the red flags are the red flags that you see there's no there's no like different colors not all the flags are looking the same color you can see everything for what it is as you grow older you have more sense of awareness and you can see this is not the life I want and this is not the way I want it to be that's why it gets harder because you know yeah. too much now that you're just like, I don't want to do this anymore because yeah. I know that this could end, eventually be like this and that. So my main thing is if you are going to be going into a relationship or dating someone or seeing someone and you really like that person, you need to do that joint effort and communicate and go back and yeah. forth. It's really hard to communicate with someone that doesn't know how to communicate. So if you're one of those people where you can chat all day long and the other person isn't the same as you and it's like getting a stone to bleed, then you need to realize that and be like, okay, cool. On to the next. This isn't working because this isn't how I want it to be. Or yeah. you know, like it, it could be anything. Or you could be speaking to someone that speaks the same as you. You're all good. You're all fine, and it's all good when you meet up. Then you know, okay, cool. Let me give this relationship a chance and let me see what can happen. It's not bounded by force that you have to marry someone. Yeah. So if you meet someone, you have to marry them. Yeah. It's about getting yeah. to know that person and seeing whether they are able to understand you the way that you want to be understood yeah and now I'm at an age where like you know my friends they're like suffering for no reason and I turn around and I say to my friends when they say to me I'm really unhappy and x y and z my first thing that I turn around and say to these girls is you're you're both of you are stopping each other from finding someone that's going to love you the way you want to yeah. be loved yeah yeah and that is a fact if you already know that your relationship is so difficult and you're only there because of comfortability and the fact that you know one another but yet there's shit kicking off and you don't want to do nothing about it then the, that falls on to you two because you know yeah. something's wrong but then you're also but it won't last no yeah, matter and, how many years you go yeah. through it, it won't that's last. The thing, though, you're stopping yourself finding someone that will love you the way that you mm-hmm. want to be loved yeah. and you've just stopped, wasted all those years trying to make something work when it's not going to work yeah. you know what I mean so you it's it's literally it's literally up to that person how they want yeah. the relationship to be if you want it to go a certain way it will go a certain way if you don't put in effort then it's not gonna work and I think yeah. like you know I'm I'm all here for girls if you want a rich man if you want a poor man if you want a degree man if you want a cab driver bus driver whoever it is whatever he does you know, like he can be a CEO, he can be his own man, he can be self-employed, employed, everything under the sun. If you have your list, okay, I'm not saying to girls to degrade themselves, to find something Mm. that's within that. But if you do genuinely find a man that ticks all the stuff as a personality, as as him as an individual, that he's a really nice person, he's a family guy, he's earning enough to put food and bread and milk and water on the table, 
then that's that's okay too. But I'm not saying yeah. for girls to be like, if you're at a certain level and you're going for someone that's not at your level, then obviously that's a different situation. Yeah. But you need to look at it in a bigger picture. What yeah. really does eventually matter? Do you want to be happy? Because I can't yeah. lie, I did not come to this world to suffer. Like, I want to be happy, ultimately. Yeah. My goal, ultimately, is to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I care agree. how that is. I don't care how that is and who the person is and what, whatever. Looks and appearance, they eventually do fade away. Obviously, you have to be, there has to be some form of sexual compatibility where you, you know, it's you're attracted that. to that person. Yeah, you're attracted yeah. to that person. There has to be that. And you also need to look at other stuff as well, like the compatibility side. But if there's certain things like, okay, maybe he's not a CEO, but he's got a job that does that does what I want it to do and can mm. help me and X, Y, Z, that's, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can work on that. He can work on that. He can actually, you never know. He, he might need someone like you to push him to realise what yeah. he's capable of. Yeah. To go to that level and be this amazing man yeah. that you possibly want him to be you know yeah. you can and I truly believe behind every great man is a great woman exactly and I feel like women hold a lot of power in a relationship it's just about you know having the right intentions and doing it for the right reasons yeah. and trust me you can push a man into excelling beyond what he believes his capabilities are exactly and you just have to believe that that person's worth it because you know what you don't want to drain yourself giving yourself like giving that person so much of your energy that you're not leaving anything behind for yourself because at the end of the day if you can't be great for someone to push them they'll never be great either because you're draining yourself out and you won't be able to push that person as much anymore and in terms of what you said about friends um you know with friends are in a relationship you can never ever tell your friends to see something that they can't see themselves yeah yeah they have to see it themselves. I think we've all been in that position where our friends have tried to tell us like, oh, he's no good or he's not good for you or no, so you know what, you're not happy or et cetera, et cetera. Whatever it is, you know, people will try to tell us but until we actually see it and we have that light bulb moment and something switches in our head, we don't realise what we're actually going through. And it is um, it's hard because at the end of the day, yeah. when you're with someone, you're blinded by love and you can't yeah. see what they're seeing. You are only yeah. going to see that once you walk out of the relationship and you see it for what it is. And then you're just like, oh, my God, is this why I really put up with for the last eight, ten years or five years or two years or three years or whatever, yeah. how many years it is? You're going to then realise it. And then you're going to be like, I should have left way before then now yeah. do you know what but in saying that some girls know that they're not in a good relationship they know they're not in a healthy relationship but they stay because they're comfortable there yes yeah, and that's the problem yeah yeah and that's it's just I think it's quite sad and upsetting to see it because you see how much that person is worth but they don't see their self-worth mm. and I think that comes from a much deeper place I think uh, in, ultimately when we when we're in that position and we see our girls suffer like that it hurts us more as well because we yeah. know what they are it's as a friend it's your duty as well to also be like you know you need to see things for what they are and I need to see it from another perspective where I'm like well they're in a relationship and I can't really do anything you can only you can only give guidance mm. you can't make a decision for someone because exactly. at the end of the day it's all entirely up to you whether you yeah. want to be with that person or not and no one's going to know better than you so you know like that's the main thing like 
I would say don't wear those rose tinted glasses. But some people, you know, like like I said, sometimes when you wear those rose tinted glasses, everything looks like the same color. All the flags look yeah. the same color. Yeah. So you know, it's important for us to see, and especially if it does, like if you are seeing your friends in like narcissistic, abusive emotionally abusive mentally abusive physically abusive you need to let them know that they don't need to deal with that and they shouldn't be yeah. with that but then again yeah. that's also another thing where they probably have underrooted problems as well yeah but also just them knowing that you're there for them because I think it's hard to tell someone what they're in because they might not agree with it in their head which yeah. is why they put up with it but just letting people know I think it's so so important to have people around you that understand you yeah. and what you're going through and they guide you because having friends that don't just leech off you they're not friends like people that will just come to you when they have problems and their relationships and stuff they're not true friends it's it's when you can go to someone and feel like I can talk to them because I know they're going to be there like you said when you call someone and they're there to pick up the call and they're there to talk that's having a true friend yeah and and I think like even just having that nowadays can be hard for certain people because they feel alone they feel like they have no one but their abusive partner yeah and that's the person yes he comes and he cuddles me and you know when things are good they're good but when it gets bad like who do you have yeah so it's hard it's definitely but you know I think it's gonna take it's gonna take time and obviously like you know I hope this this episode and you know like us talking about certain things gives certain people insights you know like that's the main thing that and I always say this every episode is unique within itself and hopefully someone leaves with some form of knowledge or something from this as well because it's great to have different people with different situations and for example with you you're just newly married Mm -hmm. so it gives everyone a bit of like you know newly married people will be like oh my god yeah I know what she's talking about or yeah I do feel that certain way so that's that's the main thing you know this platform is for everyone to say what they really need to say and that's the main thing and obviously it's important as well to take care of your own mental health and mental well-being when you're in a new relationship as well so you know it's very brave as well thank you so much for actually even speaking about that because it's such a brave thing to do as well and I I think I think when people go through mental health and anxiety they don't realize how difficult it is to actually even speak about it publicly so you know that's a really brave thing to do so thank you so before we leave before we end the conversation tell them about your company that you're doing so like you know sell yourself girl on my podcast (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) the instagram at (laughs) so i started a company back in (laughs) i started a company back in feb it's called beauty x match and it's basically a beauty consultancy so being like a makeup artist and working for loads of brands uh, I used to kind of deal with a lot of customers that weren't very happy coming and shopping at certain brands and I felt like there was a bit of a gap in the market for someone who was more sort of neutral towards all brands and non-biased um, so what I did was I started a consultancy where I do online um, consultations and beauty lessons so what I do is every individual has different skin so it doesn't even matter if you go on YouTube and you know like 
there might be certain YouTubers you follow and they tell you all oh, this products were really good and then you go out and you buy it and then it just doesn't work for you. So what I do with my company is I talk to you, I get to know a little bit more about you, your skin type, what you want for your skin, your allergies, ingredients. Like I literally get into the nitty gritty details of what goes into products that will work well for you. And then what I do is I recommend products to people. I create like a personal beauty guide, which is just it's basically made, like tailor made for every individual. So um, if you came to me and you were like, I want to achieve this look, but I don't have the products for it. I've had a bad reaction to X, Y, Z product, um, but I need a whole new routine. Or even if you just need a few new products, you'd basically book an appointment online uh, on my website and you would just book a consultation with me. And I now I've just started a new service where I only focus on makeup consultations, whereas before I was doing beauty consultations, so it was skincare and makeup. Now it's I do a separate one, which is just makeup as well for people just, that are kind of new to makeup or they don't know what to buy because they feel like, especially with the COVID situation and not being able to go in and try testers on and stuff anymore. Like it's not the same as what it used to be. And having that experience when you go in and like try things on, it's it's not the same as what it once was. Yeah. So I'm trying to recreate that experience in a virtual way where it's tailored to every individual. You're not just going to be sold a bunch of stuff because I'm making commission off it because um, I don't make any money from that. But it's basically a place where you can get an honest opinion, honest recommendations and suggestions and obviously achieve whatever you're trying to achieve when it comes to like your beauty routine. So whether you're like a mum that has 10 minutes to get ready in the morning or you're someone that, you know, is a full on makeup junkie and you love makeup, but you don't know what to buy that works well for you. Um, you can kind of come through to Beauty X Match and we kind of help you with what products to use. That's amazing. Literally, like, I'm so proud of her, guys. Honestly, like, I've been, I've been like a little cheerleader. I'm like, good. <laughs> yeah. But literally, I'm going to put down all your stuff down below in the description. So Thank then anyone you. that wants to go on you, your page and like, ask you for help they can and trust me guys she's amazing you should see her like little tutorials that she does she's a pro she looks pretty and everything and you're just like oh I just want to look like her you know literally that's her (laughs) literally that's her but thank you so much for coming on my podcast like we've been talking about this for so long that you're gonna like you to come on here and I'm so happy you came in. I know that you're a new wifey and that you time is yeah. so constrained. <laughs> so, like, thank you so much for taking the time out. And, uh, you know, like, I really appreciate it. And I really hope you enjoyed coming on here as well. Oh, I loved it. Thank you so much for having me. I was so happy when you messaged me. You're like, right, let's do that podcast we spoke about. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but literally, no, I was so happy. I'm so happy that you actually came on here. But as... Uh, you know like as I said I'll put everything down below and you know Nazia's more than happy to help with like beauty stuff and you know you never know drop her a message about marriage she might be able to help you there as well. <laughs> <laughs> you 
be like, probably be like, oh my god, like you're actually asking me about marriage. I've got another Instagram page for this. Yeah, like literally, you could do that. You could be like, marriage advice by Nazia. (laughs) (laughs) That's the new and upcoming thing. (laughs) Yeah, don't worry. I've given you a plan. I want my cut too on that. Don't worry. Don't worry. (laughs) But yeah, thank you so much for coming on, and that's it for this episode. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye.